the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every Sunday night, 8 to 9, even when we argue before the show starts. I think especially when we argue before the show starts. Especially when we argue before the show starts. So I was going over something. This is, uh, you know, I was watching all the news, like I'm sure you were. McCain, John McCain passed away. And the Sunday shows dedicated themselves, and I think you can argue rightfully so, to um, John McCain and who he was as a man, who he was as a politician, but more that I picked up on was the undercurrent of really a chance to slander and to, and you could argue rightfully so, uh, Donald Trump and Donald Trump's feud with John McCain. So I want to go over this in a couple, uh, in a little bit of a different way. Vietnam is a, is a um, it's been a hot button topic for, what, 40 years, 50 years, give or take. And um, the reality is we, we had 2 million 709,918 guys serve in Vietnam. Could we get a uh, more exact number, please? Now, here's, you know, I was looking it up, and I was thinking, should we just round it up? But you really know something uh, here, Macbeth? It's like 9.7% of that generation. That every one of these guys, whether you agree with them philosophically on political positions or not, these guys are heroes. I mean, let's be very, very clear. Not only are they heroes... But the guys who went into the service and didn't go to Vietnam, but didn't know they weren't going to Vietnam, the fact that the draft was on, grabbing kids out of high school, everybody who showed up, and I mean this, McBeth, they're heroes. And when you think about it, we can argue philosophically about the draft, which I think is completely unconstitutional. We can argue about the fact that in almost every war, uh, you have cowards in charge of brave men. You can go back to the one that we're in now for 17 years and these young kids go in and these kids are heroes. I don't know what they're going to think about money into campaigns in 30 years. I don't know what they're going to think about socialized medicine or a collective few deciding an economy. I don't know. But we can. is it fair enough to say that they're all heroes? I, I don't know how you could argue with that. And one of the big turnoffs um, to me was in that flippant comment that Donald Trump had. When he was um, doing the speech, do you have it? Oh no, you know what? What the uh, I yeah. like my uh, I, like I like my guys who didn't yeah. get you know did, yeah. I think what that's something, I like guys who didn't get captured. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that's such a such a pothole that he had a chance to step out of it. And this is the thing about Donald Trump. I'm always hoping for more out of him. I get that it was a flippant comment, 
uh, at, a, at a talk where he was the, the guy just kept asking, well, is he a hero? Is he a hero? And so he was kind of baited and he was off his, his point of what he was saying. But what I found when I said, gee, this guy is, this is just bad, is when he had a chance to recalibrate it, when he was on with his friend, Bill O'Reilly, where I, I, I didn't like Bill O'Reilly, but I, I thought he gave Trump particular leeway. And he tried to even correct him in an interview the day after Trump said that about McCain. Do you have that clip? I have respect for Senator McCain. I used to like him a lot. I supported him. I raised a lot of money for his campaign against President Obama. And certainly if there was a misunderstanding, I would totally take that back. But hopefully I said it correctly. And certainly shortly thereafter, I said it correctly. I would like him, however, to do something with the 15,000 people that were in Phoenix about illegal you know, immigration. They are being decimated. These people are being decimated. And I would love to see him do a much better job taking care of the veterans bill now that's he's right that's great and trump was defending the fact that there were fifteen thousand people that came to see him speak and mccain said they were fifteen thousand crazies that's what was before all of the back and forth but here's my problem with it john mccain ran against barack obama because he was running against what he knew was on the on the books as socialized medicine he ran against obamacare in his next election as senator he ran again just to win the senate seat and he was running against obamacare and when he had an opportunity to alleviate we the people from the yoke of tyranny called obamacare this is each and every one of us and by the way if you work for a company and your company pays the insurance believe me it's a, it's a cost to them that they would rather pass on to you. So this affects you even if you get your insurance and you go to work and you pretend it's for free. And John McCain, what I thought was, I had more optimism in him. But because of a, a bitter uh, vendetta with Trump, he gave it the thumbs down and made it so that Obamacare is going to be here forever. That was, in my opinion, McBeth, the last shot we we really had because now uh you know if if the democrats utilize their cards and all of the all of the the trump allegations of corruption and the lawyers are flipping and trump world they're giving immunity over the last three days they've given um trump's top three guys immunity in trump organizations they've given the national Enquirer uh guy who's a dear friend of his for 30 years immunity they're clearly just trying to throw everything at this guy the problem i have is that was our last chance to pull off obamacare i think the fact that mccain was caught up in this argument that his last act really as a senator and it's a shame because he had some good stuff that he did i don't agree with much of it and if you're a conservative you have to recognize the fact that yeah. he had that Charlie Wilson thing going on where we're arming oh, yeah. our, you know, there are friends today, we're fighting them tomorrow. Yeah, we like giving away guns. I mean, you know, so. People don't like us. Listen, I, I, that's why you can respect the man. The no. man was a hero. I get it. Yes. But he was a bad politician. And see, we all would have been better off if he opened up a Ford dealership. Here's the thing. When you talk about the last year or so of his, of his Senate uh, tenure, it's very different than the first 35 or so years of his Senate tenure. And you just have to wonder, and this is not to be smirched the guy or anybody else who has this sort of condition, but when you have someone who is, um, you know, afflicted by a brain tumor 
Um, you know, we don't know the specifics, but when you have somebody who's afflicted by a brain tumor. <laughs> it's kind of a big thing. Should they still be in the Senate? And the know? fact that, yeah, he's been, you know, I mean, it's, it, I agree. I agree with that position, and I, you know, and here's the other thing: what's the process now? I'm assuming they'll have a they'll they'll appoint somebody or have a special election, and this could have all been done with his blessing when he had his diagnosis. So it's it's a shame, but the country is bigger than one politician, and all you heard on the talk shows today has the Republican Party lost its conscience? Has it lost its principles? Well, I'd like to think. That our country's conscience and principles are bigger than a politician. I can recognize the fact that John McCain, along with these 2.7 million, nearly 2.8 million other guys that fought in Vietnam, they're all heroes. We have to be able to divide the, the qualities and the experience and the history of somebody's life. I, I find this so polarized. That we have even have to pick. You know, I was golfing today with a buddy of mine. He was a great guy, conservative guy, big Trump guy. And he said, you know, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm, dis- I'm disgusted with myself that I can't even admit that this guy's a hero. And that's a dangerous position for America. That's a dangerous position for us. Uh, okay, let's go to Tom. Tom, thank you for calling the Liberty Hour. How are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you. Good evening. I wanted to make one comment, one takeaway about this topic, and that is when candidate Donald Trump made that comment that he about McCain. He didn't like his heroes getting captured. And the fact that commentators from all sides of the spectrum, including myself, thought, wow, he just did this campaign and it's over, like a Gary Hart moment or a John Edwards moment. And I think it's a turning point in American history that those comments, as vile and ignorant as they were, not only were they never walked back, but the fact that they weren't walked back and they were accepted by a portion of the Republican primary electorate. But I have to say, I have to say, I agree. I understand your point, but you're taking away the fact that he was running against arguably the worst candidate in American history, the most riddled in scandal. And I I have said, Tom and Macbeth, both of you, I have said since it happened, my Boston Terrier could have won the presidency against Hillary Clinton. Any any decent candidate on either side would have won that. Yeah. Can I finish? Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. This was at the onset of the Republican primary. Hillary and Bernie were still fighting it out. And it, when he made that comment, there were 16 viable candidates. It was the beginning yeah. of the primary process. Well, so my problem is it the with, beginning or the end? That's you know, probably 13 million people continue to vote for him after that. And to me, it's a huge turning point, in, like I said, American history, but in the notion of conservatives that always took the military seriously. Yeah. And Oh, there's the music, Tom. Yeah, I gotta, gotta go. Get... Let's but be I, honest. I, there were 15 in Kasich, and I will, <laughs> and I will say this: no one comment should have disqualified. I'm not one. We for could Gary also Hart spend an hour either. on things yeah. he said which should have disqualified. Exactly. Yeah. Give us a call if you care to participate. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. I wasn't done with our conversation during the commercial. Oh, well. Tell you about golf on the night. All right. My name is Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night. Tonight's going to be a little different because I have been truly bothered, really for a while now, that we have some problem separating people's character from political views. And I'm watching, not just in our own political lives but in our own lives 
where it's now to a point where if you don't agree with me 100%, I can't, I can't entertain other aspects of your character that are qualities, such as John McCain, we're actually arguing. If, you, if you're a Trump supporter, you can't admit that this guy, who wasn't in one cell for five and a half years, five and a half years, because of no other reason than he was an American pilot, that this guy who had an opportunity, because he could have leveraged the fact that his father and grandfather were admirals, to be let go, let go early, and he said no. I mean, listen, do I think he's right on anything else? Not much, but that son of a gun is a hero. And if you can't intellectually wrap your head around both those issues, then you're a dimwit. I'm let's sorry. What, let's see what Mike thinks. All right, let's go to Mike. I like Mike. Mike in the north side, not in the truck today, huh? Sunday night, nope. Hey, thanks for taking my call. There were two John McCains, and everyone forgets you have to separate them. The naval aviator was a hero. You have to respect him and admire him for what he did for the country. The politician was a crook and a scumbag. Oh, wait took, a minute. Listen, listen, let me finish. Let me finish. Right. He took money from the Keating Five. Yeah. He got rid of his wife when she was sick. He was a maverick when it suited him. John McCain, the senator, was all for John McCain. Well, he went I, against the party to get press because he had Potomac fever. And then when he ran as the nominee, oh, everyone's got to get behind him. Last night in the bar over toward the lakefront, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people praising John McCain. And I asked them, did you vote for him? They said, no. I says, what about Joe Lieberman? Oh, he's terrible. I says, so a guy was a turncoat to his own party. Mm. He had brain surgery. He made yeah. a big show out of walking up and putting his thumb down. You know, he didn't care as long as he got some good press. All those poor nuns still had to buy Obamacare. Yeah, that's I the call part. Him, that's... I, call, I call him the senator. John McCain, the senator, was a Benedict Arnold to the Republican Party. But, Mike, you're, old, you're as old as I am, I'm pretty sure. And you do remember in 2000 when he ran against George Bush. So when you said... Oh, yeah, George what... Bush was terrible. Well, wait a minute. When you said he's the he's the two John McCain's, you're right. The thing is, he's the two John McCain's from 2000 to now. Yeah, and and you know what I mean. And and then he was the two John McCain's when he would talk about uh, the American civil liberties, and then in the same sense, want to arm the Contras or arm the Afghanistan's, and we all know how that turned. He was big on proxy wars, so you know he was a conflicted guy. But the ultimate thing is. What I, what I didn't like about him was this last thing he did when he had the opportunity to alleviate the entire nation from Obamacare, and he said, no, because I don't like Trump. That's the part that I find disheartening. He could have really changed his entire reputation around. And this isn't about phony conservatism either, either, Mike, because I got news for you. If you're chanting for this, this uh, Trumponomics or if you're chanting for more military spending, you're not a conservative. You're a neocon at best. So my problem is in his last action, it was more a vendetta against Trump and a more thumb in Trump's nose than alleviating me and you and those nuns you spoke about. So that's my problem with him. And the other thing is he had a certain kind of arrogance where he could do that. Do you know the arrogance it takes to do that? After you've been... He's the only one that can decide what's right That's for what I mean. He's all-knowing. Since 2009, the Republican Party has run on one thing. And that's getting rid of Obamacare. One thing. We finally get it to the Senate. Obamacare didn't exist in 2009. Just want to point that out. Well, 2010, right? 
Something like that. Nine. It passed in nine. No, it didn't. Oh, he's wrong. Wrong again. Thanks, Mike, for calling the show. Wrong again. Wrong again. Let's go. That's to, mean. Except you know, this, that I'm right. Sorry. Right. not working. Let's go to Jim. There he is. Jim. You have to unlock it before you can drop a call. Then you have to select the other call. Oh, man. They changed the internet yes, thing. Yes, sir. What's Still up, Jim? How's your shirt? Well, I have one on-topic uh, comment. Uh, oh, a change. You know, McCain deserves the respect for his time in the military. We have to celebrate that. <clears throat> Thank him for his service. And everything else, but he did not, you know, follow his campaign pledges either. <clears throat> and off topic, there's a new Illinois acronym. It's called VMT, the Vehicle Miles Tax. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that. That's an act. You're, you're exactly. just That's what But I'm going to say something to you. He says he's not yes, suggesting yeah, it, gonna, but he is. I'm going to say something to you. Even the guy that's under the bridge that hasn't been the same since he got back from Vietnam, that you may say, get away from my car, here's a dollar, leave me alone. That son of a gun's a hero with more courage yep. than anybody. Any, well, not anybody, but then most of the guys in the Trump Almost administration. Almost everyone telling him their windshield's already John clean. John Bolton, the right. hawk in charge of everything. I'm too important to die in a rice field. I mean, even Trump with the doctor notes and the feet hurt. Come on now. But I will say this. I also don't go for the fact that if you look at Trump's Twitter feed. Did you see this, Macbeth? Not that you would look at Trump's Twitter feed. So he sends. No, I'm not a uh, twit. He sends a tweet out. And he says, you know, tries to kind of make amends and says, you always had my respect. It's a very, you know, it's like a two sentences, which is half of his normal tweet. It's, it's half as dignified as most presidents who simply did not like him and made no bones about it would be. Yeah. But here's, yeah. and here's the thing. I, I have to say this, Macbeth. I don't go for this either. If you look at the re- replies to him, I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's in the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. Is it Every one of them. No. No. Every one him? of them is, I mean, the bad stuff. The big, yeah. the big ones, you know, yeah. you're this, you're that. I mean, it's to the point now, I think, and I, I, I'll never forget, it was, it was on the morning show when they talked about the, the coming civil war. I'm telling you, brother, this kind of thing. Joe's been talking about that for a long time. If you can't too. separate the idea that we have a guy, okay, he didn't like Trump, fine. But we, we're, I'm watching conservatives have a hard time give him, giving him his credit due. And I think that's an issue, brother. All right. Let's go. We got Mike in Uptown. Mike, thank you so much for calling the Liberty Hour. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, Sean. Listen, you're not talking about the bad side of John McCain, allegedly. There's a lot of controversy about him that you're not saying nothing about. Well, I, I, how could you say There's that? I just said about, about his votes. I said about carrier. him. Okay, go ahead. There's two sides to that story that ain't being told. And another thing about John McCain, he voted for torture when he was in the Senate. I don't remember when this was, about 2004, 2006, like that. He voted for torture. No, no, now, no. If this guy had been tortured for five and a half years, how come he's voting to torture other people? Is he so happy about torture? Does he love it so much that he thinks torture is good for you? What happened when he was in a prison camp? Was he even in a prison camp? Or is the whole story of John McCain a fairy tale? Well, I think you got your facts wrong. Well, then. I think you got your facts wrong. And maybe, because John McCain, you know. during the time of waterboarding, was vehemently against waterboarding. Yeah, waterboarding. Yes. Argued on every Sunday show. He was absolutely yeah. against he waterboarding. He couldn't have been more publicly. He was very, very clear. And with so, his votes. Mike, I got to tell you, I think you're getting the wrong information. I do appreciate the call, and I appreciate you listening. But Might have mixed up the, the cough syrup I'll tell with you something what, else. The reality is very different, and I'll see if we can even find it during the break. But he was ve- vehemently against American torture. In fact, right, I got something for you. Go ahead. 
The thing that's driving people out of health insurance in America is the escalating and dramatically increased cost. And here they are with a program that's another two and a half trillion dollar cost to the taxpayers. So uh, we are ready to work on a number of issues with the president, but we want to do it step by step. So we don't want this budget gimmick. We don't want the budget gimmickry that gives you six years of benefits for 10 years in taxes. I mean, that's crazy. That is just that's Bernie Madoff accounting. So we want to work, but we want to work step by step. But you don't expect that to happen. So does the overwhelming majority of the American people. I hope we will. I I hope we will. There are areas that we can agree on. Now, that's he's 100 percent right. But the problem is that's not how he voted. My problem is you, you at the end of your life. Here you are. You live this this adventurous life. Let's let's call it what it is. He did something that. A fraction of a fraction will ever do. And I'm not just talking about surviving captivity. I'm talking about he was a congressman. He was a senator. He ran, uh, on, since Obamacare was passed, on revoking it. And the last act you have is a petty act because you don't like Donald Trump. I, that's the hard part. Had he done that, he would have been a hero to conservatism. But more importantly, he would have changed the trajectory of our nation. And instead, he made certain that it stayed on the road to serfdom. He made certain that Obamacare is here for a generation if we're lucky. And that's a shame. That's a shame. I mean, I feel like that old song, you could have been somebody, Mickey. This is the Liberty Hour. Give us a call. If you're on the line, I'll take your call. 312-642-5600. And we are going to get to Pritzker, too, with the new hidden taxes that Jim was talking about. Talk to you later. Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. I have long believed some of these practices amounted to torture, as a reasonable person would define it, especially, but not only, the practice of waterboarding, which is a mock execution and an exquisite form of torture. Its use was shameful and unnecessary, and contrary to assertions made by some of its defenders, and as the committee's report makes clear, it produced little useful intelligence to help us track down the perpetrators of 9-11. And you know why he said that, Macbeth? Because after, during his five and a half years of being tortured himself, after yeah. having both of his shoulders shattered. He, he gave all kinds of ridiculous bunk information away. He signed He signed yeah. the, the confession that yeah. they filled in later. Yeah. So this is a guy well, who he knew lived it's, it's it. not going to bring you... The more so, duress you put people under, the less reliable. And that's a direct okay. answer to people who think that this guy supported torture. Now, Mike you know from pro- Uptown did call back during oh. the break, oh, right. and he told me that sometime in 2004 or 2005, McCain voted for a bill that allowed all government employees to torture anyone anywhere. Well, he was a big government guy. Let's not forget, McCain was a big government yes, guy. Yes, he was, but yeah. I think we would know about a bill yeah. in which... Now, I'm going to look into it, to be fair to Mike. I'm going to look into well, it. you got that but, big uh, giant head, put it to work. i got a big giant computer, too. And uh, so far, nothing about McCain voting for a bill that authorized all government employees to torture anyone 
anywhere. Well, I mean, if you're going to, you know, I can criticize McCain on virtually every vote, really, to be quite honest with you. Uh, especially over the last three or four years. Yeah. Uh, but in particular, too, I mean, you're arming the Afghanistan, who turns out, I mean, you're, he actually was arming our enemy. Do we know for a fact he actually didn't vote for Obama in 08? <laughs> we don't know for a fact. I'm just wondering. You know, I, I, we don't know for a fact uh, that Trump didn't vote for Obama in 08. I think he did, actually. Well, did. this is the part that uh, I, I think we need to, um, I don't know how you get it back, though, Macbeth. And I was listening today. Oh, it's going to take a whole big wave of intellectual integrity that we just uh, can't see. Well, it's funny right because this is, the, this is why I decided to do the show this way. I mean, I had 50 different things. We wanted to talk about the fake, uh, you know, the fake success in the economy at the same time that consumer debt is growing to work crazy. You, fast. It's insane yep. that you had the dollar biggest fall in three years on Friday. Same time you had gold. I mean, this is what you know. I like to do. I like to pull us in the weeds here. But well, you was, don't think inflation is good for the average yeah. Joe, Sean? Exactly. And then we can talk about the Fed chairman, how he backpedaled on raising the rates. But anyway, I'm sure I can probably find some Peter Navarro on how inflation's good. Oh, it's all good. I bet. Um, but the one thing that I was listening to is that Sunday show host, who I can't stand any of them anyway. I really can't. Chuck Todd is the most annoying one. I'm finding it hard to even yeah. watch him. Um, but how they? I like they, Stephanopoulos just for the booster seat. Yeah, like Rahm Emanuel's feet yeah, are dangling. It's cute. That's good. Um, but this whole notion that now, because John McCain passed away, who, by the way, hasn't been there in months, all of a sudden the Republican Party and the conservatives in particular have lost their conscience. And now that it's just a Trump Republican Party. And to a certain extent. Wasn't that um, already the case to a large extent? That's been my argument for a year. Yeah. To a certain extent, when you have people who call themselves conservative, who would rather strap on a talking point than focus on the fact of, of the things I just said, our omnibus bill, that that is insane. Yeah. All of the things that make us conservative. No, the term conservative has been diluted beyond. It's just water. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And uh, that's the real issue. And, and, and to uh, the talk show hosts, I got news for you. John McCain was not a conservative. Not on most things, no. He was not. He was a big government um, guy. Who, if anything, you'd say he was a centrist on the things that uh, where he voted with the absolutely. Republican Party. Those were centrist issues. And every election year, he told the people of Arizona one thing, and he did another the next year. Which is why when you see uh, Chuck Schumer and clips of them, not that you can't like somebody and disagree with their politics. That was the opening. I can, right. I can like you and disagree with your politics, but when you have people who have for 30 and 40 years been hardcore, self-aggrandizing Democrats that you've watched corrupt the system, that you yourself put forward a bill called McCain-Feingold, which you and I were talking about uh, during the commercial. Another I liked, example of liking somebody I, and disagreeing right, with them. I mean, here, I, I don't like 90% of what he did. I like the premise of what he was trying to do. Of what he was trying to do, yes. Of what he was trying to do. The sentiment. In fact, why don't you um, give me that uh, clip? Which one you want? I want the one, the last one, where he talks about money. He talks about the, the guy in, in uh, Nevada's particular. So oh, when he's talking about the, okay. Uh, let's see if this last one. This question of campaign money yeah. highlighted... Uh, today by this, the, the announcement that there's a huge amount of money coming in from one donor in the state of Nevada. Mm -hmm. Mr. Adelson, who gave large amounts of money to the Gingrich campaign, and much of Mr. Adelson's casino profits that go to him come from this casino in Macau. Which says what? Which says that obviously, maybe in a roundabout way, foreign money is coming into an American campaign, political campaigns. Because of the profits at the casinos in Macau. Yes, that is a great deal of money and 
again, we need a level playing field and we need to go back to the realization that Teddy Roosevelt had that we have to have a limit on the flow of money and that corporations are not people. That's why we have different laws that govern corporations than govern individual citizens. And so to say that corporations are people, again, flies in the face of all the traditional Supreme Court decisions that have we have made that have been made in the past. Now, if you as can't sit back and say, you know what, maybe it is bad that one guy gets to buy as many politicians as he wants. That's the intent he was trying to communicate. You could disagree with the with the way to go about it, but the premise we should agree with. Liberty Hour will be back. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. All right, you're listening to The Liberty Hour. Give us a call up here to participate. 312-642-5600. So, I think we've come to the conclusion that as conservatives, we should be able to be multidimensional and separate certain facts rather than carry through an emotion of if Trump hates him, I hate him and recognize the fact that somebody can be a hero and not do a good job as a politician. And also that conservatives should know what conservative means. I'm just getting kind of tired. I know I'm of going it. out on a limb on that. I'm one. just getting because you know what's happening. We're getting dragged down. We're going down to our lowest common denominator. And here we are. We, we, we win on every principled point. When it, when it comes to topics, except when we give up our right to decipher good from bad and, and go th- after personalities. That's the problem, because here's the downside of Trump. If you listen to the specificity of what Trump says, he had a very big speech earlier in the week. I sent the clip to Macbeth because I didn't want to I wanted to address it. And what he does is he, he wraps security into backdoor nationalization of private companies. It's really quite diabolical. So he captures the In fear. In a way, yeah. He does, because he yeah. captures the fear over companies that we, do tr- that we have trade with. Yeah, and he's talking specifically about uh, reviewing foreign ownership of a uh, private company. But- that's the part I want you to say, because if you as, an, as a company do not have the right to sell your company, portions of your company, to right. merge your company, is it your company? Or how because, about buying stock? Well, here's the problem, Macbeth. Populism and protectionism and national populism has a way of taking away the property rights of all of us. Yeah. And in particular, it attacks business first. So that's the clip I want you to listen to. Now, this was Tuesday, and I know we don't talk about anything that happened because the Sunday shows tell us we got to focus on McCain. But I want you to hear what Trump said, and I want to know if you're comfortable with it. Go now, ahead. bear with me a little bit because this is, this is a little bit long. It's all right. But it's, I believe, one run-on sentence. Because of our incredible achievements, other nations seek to steal, copy, or control American intellectual property. And we had very, very little safeguards up. We had, in many cases, I would say, Marco, no safeguards. And now we have probably uh, the best there is in the world. We'll see if that's good enough. And if it's not, we will keep adding on to it. This weakens our economy when they steal, destroys our jobs, and threatens the security of our country. I'm pleased this new legislation provides the Committee on Foreign Investment and the United States greater authority when it comes to reviewing foreign ownership of American firms with critical technology and intellectual property. And if we see something we don't like, some country is buying something that we don't want them to be buying, we stop it. That's outrageous. 
I'm going to tell you something that's outrageous. Because you're turning over the authority to stop private business to who exactly? To Wilbur Ross? To Peter Navarro? To Donald Trump? They are not lords and gods. And this is the problem in a society that turns over property rights to a government. This is statism. What do you mean you're going to stop it? It's, it has a certain ambiguity to it that is nauseating. It's kind of like fair. What do you mean fair? My idea of fair or Peter Navarro's idea of fair? Or Wilbur Ross waiting for his Viagra to kick in? His idea of fair. This is this kind of stuff that should make your hair stand up. What do you mean you're going to review it and if you don't like it, we're going to stop it? That's the president of the United States. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you become a cult, when you can't decide uh, right from wrong, when you stop thinking for yourself and you're told what to think. Now, he starts off in a very diabolical way because he wraps it up in security. If we're not secure, this is as as I'm telling you, if you do not focus on the on the key phrases, you're missing the intent and you're buying the magic trick. All right, let us go to Ralph in Rantoul. Thank Ralph's you. on topic. It's oh, not I Jim. like Ralph when he calls late at night. How are you, Ralph? Sean, yeah, Sean, I just woke up. I accidentally <laughs> caught you. Hey, look, here's the, the big issue, too. We'll take accidental listeners discouraging, as well. Dis, discouraging foreign direct in investment, FDI, is one way to really slam our economy. I don't know exactly what's going on in, in uh, the Trumpsters, uh, Trumpsters' head, but... You know, taking over uh, private ownership or blocking private ownership, eh, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't know if that would ever go. I don't even know if he thinks he's serious about that. I'm not even sure he understood that he said that. But FDI is a huge issue. Take a look at places like China, exactly. India, other places in the world that do not allow no, majority no, no. ownership by China, foreign investment. China. And it's it's bad. It's it's bad, and it would cripple money coming in. You know, BMW and 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 Toyota and all the people have giant factories all across the U.S. that employ Americans. But protectionism that would be curtailed. And I want you to think about something here, Ralph. What does who does it strengthen? It strengthens all of the companies that are quasi-government companies anyway. But more importantly, all of the companies that have union labor. See, this is what I think. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I don't give him. The, I don't give him that. That uh, oh, he's just a, a well-intended dunce. Where I don't think I know he knows what he's no, saying. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't specific. think so either. I think sometimes he talks off the top of his head, and he, he like talks first and thinks later. Um, maybe much later sometimes. But this is but, my whole uh, thing of the of the Milton Friedman. You remember what is spending and what is debt? It's a future tax. It is a hit. It is a way to hide inflation. What is protection? And what it's price protecting. Price protecting who? Yeah. Price protecting the, the companies that are most favorable to candidates to government. This is we're being squeezed out, Ralph, and not many people are picking up on it. Thank you, Ralph, for calling the show. I do appreciate it. We know it's not an accident. Ralph got his alarm set on his watch. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back after these messages. No one in Washington is listening. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. This is the Liberty Hour. (laughs) That's not right. Are you making fun of the show? 
I'll make it fun of you. All right. Well, here's why I'm a little cuckoo. Yes. I did Joe Walsh's show Friday. Yeah. And people don't realize, he's that's big time, baby, nationally syndicated. And they also don't realize, I'm here a lot longer than the two hours you hear me. Yeah. There's Well, there's a three-hour syndicated show. Yeah. There's a two-hour local show. There's prep time. And we were t- and you and I were talking off air about Joe's advice, where he's like, nah, just do the show. Yeah, just do the show. You're Are right. You not, come, just do come it. On, you're, Joe. You're, you're good. And I'm doing it tomorrow and through the week. Yeah, you're doing it all week. A lot of shows. Unfortunately, I'm going to be responsible for you Wednesday through Friday. That's going to be good. That's just not good for me at all. You know why I like it? Because uh, you can't talk. you got to sit there without oh, your I mic. Oh, I could if you want. I, I could. Right, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's a different format. Having a lot of... But here's the thing. It's and, fun to and, watch you without a crutch. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you watch me sweat. Yeah. Here's the other thing that I think is crucially important that we recognize. And that is that when Donald Trump or when John McCain or when the... So many Democrats pretend to have our best interest in mind. You know what normally happens? That ends up coming back and not in a good way. You lie! I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. And I'll tell you something that Ralph picked up on. He said about the foreign money. Our country is built on the freedom of money and the freedom of own and and the idea that we actually own our labor and own our companies. And if we didn't trade with... And the problem with the, the national populist... And the problem with the protectionist is they deny that and they pretend that the, the overlords truly do have the individuals in mind. Yeah. And what you can hear in Trump's speech as of I always heard it, but as of late, it's unvarnished. And that is that you can say, if I don't like it, we will stop it. Because here's the here's the issue. And that's something when you take the individual individuality out of property and out of life, you're a servant you're a slave. And this is the one thing where I'll tie it back to McCain. The idea, here's why I liked him. He was trying to limit the power of government with money to candidates. <laughs> why, why the car crash? Oh, because that was just to represent McCain-Feingold. Go ahead. If you're gonna you going to give me a clip, I want the taffy apple L. Sharpton. Give it to me. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. That's what I want. And there is the, the prime example of a Democrat socialist I'm glad he didn't tank. say you better recognize and then spell recognize. And I'll tell you another that thing. That, uh, you know, and I, I'll tell you another thing. I'm watching the Democrats, and they're all in Chicago right now, and they're all running on this new Democrat socialism. Yeah. And the one thing I want the Republicans to say, and even the Democrats, when they wrap their arms around John McCain fighting Vietnam, what's Vietnam? A Democrat socialist country. Well, it's a communist country, but yeah. Well, that's not how they title themselves. I got news for you. You think Bernie Bernie Sanders isn't a communist? You think Elizabeth Warren isn't a communist? I think she's got communist sympathies. Yeah, they just want to pretend they're a compassionate communist. Have you or are you now? Yeah. Yeah. The compassionate communist. The problem is I don't want to run the national populist. Until the system needs your blood, in which case give you your blood. I don't want to run the national populist against the compassionate communist because you know what that makes us? Uh, slaves. Canadians, slaves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Canadians. Yeah. All right. I got the car. You got. Oh, I got cigars. Sure. You got gas. I. I think El Salvador you sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Until you get there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got an extra is... head in case they chop this one off. This is the Why Liberty not? Hour. I wanted to convey yeah. the fact that Vietnam veterans. Well, you don't have to agree with them, but you better acknowledge. And that's yeah. any veteran. If you strap on Especially boots and you go veterans. to a foreign land to fight for us. You're a hero. Speaking of Vietnam veterans, up next. Up next? 
on Target Radio. Uh, yeah, he is a Vietnam veteran. Yes, he is. And I forgot to bring him a cigar. Oh, well, I will next time. Failure, Sean. On Target Radio, they're in there. They got their highlighters. They're all failure. ready to go. But not me, because I have to go home. 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 Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.